y'all ready for this? This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. Headings guard for the win of the title. Yes! Yes! Hey, Hedder! Hey, Hedder! And Hillsborough, Chaco Valley are the state champions. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Spartans with the basketball up by seven and breaking the press as Peach goes coast to coast off the window. Count it. Bucket. Got it. Good. The Kidwood Vikings celebrate at center court. They have themselves a state championship in an unbeaten season. 26 and 0. The Kidwood Vikings defeat the North Star Bearcats 49 42. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this? A pleasant, blustery Wednesday evening. Prep Spotlight, Chase Miller, Brad Anderson. We have Tim Jacobson coming up on the program talking about the Fargo Davies Eagles season. They had a two-point loss to the Moorhead Spuds. They had to go up against Sam Hybe, who's probably the premier player in not just the region, but maybe the tri-state <laughs> area for high school girls basketball. We'll talk with Tim Jacobson about this season opener against the Moorhead Spuds. Class B girls basketball polls are already out. Langdon area and more Munich. The Cardinals are the top spot on Class B, but Brad, before then, let's talk a little Class A hoops as last night was the opening for a lot of teams on the eastern side of the state. Um, Fargo Davies, as we mentioned, falls, but Fargo Shanley gets a win over Valley City. A couple other teams moved to 1-0, Brad, and here we are into the early part of the Class A season. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's going to take a few games to shake out and see maybe what teams are going to sit at the top and how deep this uh, – this. I think that's maybe the question, that at least in the EDC side, maybe boys and girls, is how deep does this region go? Uh, you know, last year on the girls' side, there were five, six teams that were re- really state tournament caliber type squads, and I don't know if that that depth's going to be there this year, but uh, we will, we will see. But uh, you know, yeah, Devils Lake uh, two point win over North. They come down to Davies and play on uh, on Friday. That should be interesting. Uh, Shanley, you know, on the girls' side, wins a twenty point win over Valley City. Red River beats Wapaton, and uh, you know, on the boys' side, you know, the game that stuck out uh, probably the most. I was kind of looking at was actually two of them actually South and Cheyenne, two teams kind of maybe capable of trying to sneak themselves into maybe being a top three, top four team. South wins that game by six. Jamestown gives Davies a good push and ends up winning by ten. West Fargo under a new coach wins big over Central and. And uh, Red River over Wapenton as well. And a big win for Devil's Lake. They had a huge second-half comeback to defeat North 64-60. So a lot of interesting matchups there. I know you got North and Cheyenne on Friday. That's going to be an interesting uh, interesting matchup here early. But, uh, you know, I, you always kind of look to see that first game or two and maybe see if there's a, there's a surprise here and there. Uh, if, if it's going to happen, it might happen early on in the year. And for, you know, some of these teams, if you look at, you know, on the boys' side, you go, well, they – some of these guys might have played football until the latter part of October, maybe the early part of November. So how much basketball were they able to play in the last month or so? Maybe you heal up the body a little bit on the girls' side. Volleyball goes straight into basketball right. season if you make the state tournament where you got to play every practice before you get into full gear. But early on here, Brad, you mentioned some of the teams to watch out for. It's going to be kind of fun. This is what always makes it fun the early part of the year is to see who might be the underdog that no one talked about that kind of slips through up there and has a solid team on either side or on the flip side, who maybe was talked about a lot, but maybe there's an injury. Maybe someone's not playing the first couple of weeks. So they're trying to figure out how they can best utilize their players that maybe were role models and now have to have a bigger part uh, of the game plan. And it's a good example. And we'll visit with Tim Jacobson about that here in a few minutes. And they're without one of their seniors, Grace Geffrey, who's played a lot of basketball at the varsity level too. And, and uh, probably won't be ready till after, uh, after the holidays. That's uh, that's, 
that's just one example. From there, let's go to a little Class B girls basketball. Brow, we mentioned the poll is out. The defending state champs and the Kindred Vikings, they're ranked fourth in the poll. They fell to DGF over the weekend. Close game in that shootout. But uh, early on, poll, Brad, you got top 10 teams and you got about another 10 teams that are receiving votes. But Region 1 is uh, fairly well represented with Kindred and Fargo Oak Grove in the top 10. Yeah, Oak Grove losing to Holly pretty convincingly. But, you know, Holly's Holly's got a good squad. They beat a very deep and talented Breckenridge team on uh, on Friday night down in Breckenridge. So I don't know if that's uh, a huge example. I know depth might be a question with uh, with Oak Grove a little bit, but we'll see how that uh, shakes out. But yeah, Region 1, Enderlin's off to a good start. They eked out a win at the Barnes County Tournament on uh, on Tuesday, beat Milner North Sargent. They'll get Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page in the uh, semis coming up on Thursday. And Elizabeth lost to Edgley Colmont Pillier uh, early on. Enderlin, as we, as we mentioned. And yeah, there might be a team or two in the mix there that maybe, uh, su- you know, surprises in Region 1. I think Region 1 isn't going to quite have the depth that we've seen in the past. For Region 2, Thompson is always up there, it feels like, and they're up in the top five as well. Uh, region 2, Brad, who do you think is going to be a challenge for Thompson up there? Is it maybe a Park River? Is it someone else? Uh, Grafton might be in that conversation as well. Maybe Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page, too. They've had they've had teams that have been uh, – they've had some quality teams here, some good young talent. Uh, I know they won their opening uh, opening round game over uh, Griggs County Central out at the uh, Barnes County Tournament. You know, maybe Hillsborough Central Valley. I know they lost to Kindred in the opener, but they've come back and played well. They uh, won down in Richland on Friday. They might be a, they might be another one, too, that uh, to, to keep an eye out for. It's always fun during this time of the year because you get a lot of schools who get to 2-0 early on in the season, and maybe you pick off an upset win that what someone thought and moves you up through the rankings a little bit more. Class B boys basketball, they'll be gearing up here in a little bit, but early season, Brad, for Class B boys, is there going to be a perennial favorite, for example? Four wins Minnewakian always seems to be uh, the top of the class. We just saw what Hillsborough Central Valley did. They're losing some athletes, but after that football team, they're going to be bringing some back, and there's still a Hennings guard in the mix. So uh, <laughs> yes. what, what might be an early early favorite for Class B if it's on any part of the state? I don't know. I mean, that that's... Uh... You know, like I said, I don't know if Four Winds is going to have, you know, I, I don't think the Burroughs are going to go completely fall off the map here as well. Uh, Oak Grove brings a lot back. I think they are the favorite in Region 1. Uh, you look out west, is it a team like Shiloh that consistently is uh, in the mix there? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell at this point. I don't know if in you know, Region 3, I mean, is there, you know, Ellendale lost quite a bit from last year's squad. Is, are they going to be in the mix? Is it Linton? I mean, yeah, it's it is too early to tell at this point. We're going to take a quick time out here on Prep Spotlight. When we come back, we'll be joined by Fargo Davies girls basketball coach. That is Tim Jacobson. We'll talk about how the season has gone so far. Just one game and some of the athletes to watch out for in that. Also, coming up a little bit later on, we'll go over some hockey and wrestling. You're listening to Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan. Back on Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan, 740TheFan.com, and on your FM dial on 107.3 FM. Chase Miller, Brad Anderson. Let's bring now the head coach for the Fargo Davies girls basketball team on our Matt's Automotive Service Center fan line. That is Tim Jacobson. And you got the season rolling last night, Tim, a crosstown team and the Moorhead Spuds probably going up against one of the premier players in the region in a high B as well. We'll get to some of the players you have coming back this year, the landscape of the Eastern Dakota Conference. But let's just go over your season opener non-conference game come up just short by two points but what did you learn about your team in the first game of the season tim that we couldn't stop stam hybe that was what we learned she uh rolled off i think 41 on us but it was a good a great start for us and i mean that um we played uh we we had gone through uh it was an interesting prep to that game we we uh 
we lost to practice, obviously, due to the storm the night before. And uh, and so we were kind of adding things as we were playing. And being our first game, you do that, but uh, we did a little more than normally we would do. Also, that afternoon at noon, Carly Kosick's uh, mother had passed away, and we had the funeral that day. So it was an emotional day for us, and I thought the kids really uh, stepped up and played well. Against Moorhead, we uh, showed that we weren't. We got down 10 in the first half and 10 in the second and brought it both, both times back to one with an opportunity to uh, to actually win at the end of the game. So um, that's a real positive. We're playing, um, you know, we've got some really great senior leadership <clears throat> in Carly and uh, Reagan Linster. And we're hoping that Grace Geffrey will be able to start up playing here in January. So there'll be three solid seniors. And then uh, from there, we we go from juniors to freshmen that'll play for us. Yeah, one of those freshmen, uh, Taylor Fay, 20 points last night, six-foot uh, freshman. What can she uh, bring to the table for you, Tim? She's just a, just a real solid athlete, loves the game of basketball, and uh, pushes herself uh Every night in practice, and it shows up in a game. It showed up in the game, and uh, we were pleasantly surprised by her, by her effort. Um, and again, when you got a kid that loves the game, it's fun to see this happen. And she's got a long ways to go, but uh, she shows that she's got fight and uh, determination and a great attitude. And with that combination, uh, good things usually happen. Tim, how would you say that the team has rallied around not just this season but in prior seasons around the Cot Six? And what have you seen in your time at Fargo Davies in terms of just kind of the, the team galvanizing a little bit around Carly and her family? Carly is a strong individual that uh, uh, really has uh, shown the, the leadership with her teammates, uh, obviously the love for her mother, and uh, and uh, that has spilled onto us and. And we, uh, I think, really, uh, you realize the importance of life, the importance of your parents, the fact that uh, you got to tell your parents you love them because, uh, unfortunately, things like this happen. But it's a good lesson for our kids, and it's a tough lesson for Carly and uh, a tough situation. And yet she has uh, really just led us through it. and. Uh, uh, has talked to us, that, uh, and I think it's just put everybody at ease that um, it's a tremendous loss, one you don't know until it happens to you, but yet life goes on, and Carly understands that, and uh, she expresses that to her teammates, and, and I think they get an insight of uh, the importance of, uh, of caring for each other. So as, as sad as it is, she has helped us go forward, so... Got well said, and you hope maybe basketball can be a nice outlet for her here at least through the winter months. You bet, you bet, and uh, I give her full credit for coming in and playing right, right from the start. Um, and that's what she wanted to do. We gave her the option, you know, you you do whatever you got to do, and uh, she said, I I need to play, and uh, we really uh, it gives you goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. The uh, the mental and the the mental and the physical stress of what she has gone through, and then uh, to come out and play a game of basketball, which 
you know, we've been able to say, put it all in perspective. Basketball is something you should have fun doing and appreciate the fact that you can do it. But uh, there are bigger things in life that uh, you'll go through. But keep keep pushing because uh, you're right. It is an outlet for it's an outlet for all of us in that regard. And last night, she really showed that. Tim Jacobson, girls basketball coach of the uh, Fargo Davies Eagles, joining us here in Prep Spotlight. And uh, take a look at the EDC here, at least uh, early on. Uh, Devils Lake, your uh, next opponent Friday night. A nice win, uh, two-point win over Fargo North. Shanley gets a win. I guess uh, uh, if you try to read the tea leaves early on, what's your uh, early uh, early take here on the EDC this year, Coach? Right. Um, I think it's uh, <clears throat> going to be a fun year. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be very, very competitive. I know Devils Lake will. They'll come in here uh, charged up and ready to go. I think it'll be fun for the fans to watch. They got us last year in the uh, state tournament game, so they're coming in with confidence. And um, and yet we've got a we've got a different team this year, and I'm I'm really excited about what our kids are able to do and and the direction they're going. Again, when you mix uh, senior leadership with uh, youth, great things can happen. These kids get along well and they uh, enjoy each other and uh, they play hard and that's that's what you want and like I said the uh, Devils Lake coming in on Friday it's going to be a heck of a game and there are so many other teams out there that uh, that could uh, win the CDC that's why I think it's just going to be a real fun 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 season for the fans to watch and nerve-wracking for us coaches. For the Fargo Davies Eagles girls basketball team this year, Tim, what is the growth that you want once February comes? That's always the mindset, kind of climb that mountain, play a little bit better every month and every week until you start getting into the tournament. You want to seed yourself as best as possible for the EDC, but where does this team kind of have to grow and mature, would you say, uh, throughout the month of December before you kind of get to the heart of the conference schedule in January and February, Tim? You know, for us, it's just a matter of playing now. We've got a lot of young kids. We have a couple of kids that have returned that have seen varsity action. We've got a lot that haven't. Um, we at times throw in three freshmen at a time playing, and they've got to learn how to deal with all the uh, the aspects of, of the game and the, and the moment that it's happening. And so it's just going to take time. It's going to take practice, and it's going to take playing. And, uh, and then we're going to look at when Grace can jump into the lineup, and that's going to be – you know, a little more adjustment for us, but um, but as they go, they are going to be doing just. Uh, they're going to keep growing, and uh, and that's where we see them at. That uh, it's just a matter of time where they get comfortable with each other. I'm excited again for the year and what's going to go forward with it. Uh, they're a fun group to work with, very positive, and uh, I expect uh, I expect them to do to play hard and uh, and work hard. For those freshmen and those sophomores kind of working their way from the B squad level to the varsity level, Tim, is it just the speed of the game? Just, uh, I guess, what what's the biggest adjustment that you've uh, that you've found over the years? The biggest thing is, uh, you know, when you have young kids in the lineup, and and that includes our juniors that haven't had any varsity experience. They um, they just got to get a feel of the game. They got to understand uh, <clears throat> what is going on. Where the seniors uh, play at a a slower pace, the juniors and freshmen that haven't played, they're playing at 600 miles an hour, and, and you better put your seatbelt on because you don't know what's going to happen next. Once we get that figured out, 
I think we have a chance to be in a, a real solid team. No, and and once they do that, then things you know, then you your execution becomes so much better offensively, but so does your defense. And that's an area that uh, we just have to work on on a daily basis to be good at. So it's going to be fun to see what happens. Fargo Davies with four straight home games. As we mentioned earlier, they play against Devil's Lake coming up here on Friday. That'll be at 7.30 from Fargo Davies High School. Then they go up against South, North, and Red River before they hit the road again to Grand Fork Central before Christmas. Uh, Tim, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated and best of luck throughout the EDC season. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate talking to you. That, again, is the head basketball coach of the Fargo Davies Eagles, Tim Jacobson, with us here on Prep Spotlight. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up this edition of Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan. Final segment here on Prep Spotlight. A reminder, our next high school broadcast will be on Friday right here on 740 The Fan. Girls and boys basketball doubleheader over at West Fargo Cheyenne High School where they will entertain the Fargo North Spartans. Girls game will tip at around 545 with the boys to follow at 730. Then next week, we have a game every night, Monday through Friday on either 740 The Fan or 104.7 Duke FM. The week after, we have a game every night except for Wednesday night. So this is... Brad, it feels like the winter season. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah I would say it was kind of quiet this week. I go, geez, you know, it's, I know the season's starting, but it's you know, I'm I'm at home way too much, which is uh, which isn't a bad thing, by the way. But yeah, next week we've got the North Dakota Minnesota shootout down in Hankinson. You got Hankinson, Winemere, Lidgerwood, uh, Wheaton, Herman, Norcross, and uh, CGB, Clinton, Gracefield, Beardsley. I know uh, Hankinson's losing a couple of key pieces from last year. Cody Mount graduated, Nick Mauk, um, so they're. That'll be retooling a little bit. They've got some good young talent coming up. Uh, Winemere Lidgewood, a lot of those guys that uh, were stars on the football or on the football field, will uh, ask to be do the same. We'll hear a lot about Vasquez and Wyatt Harless and the crew. Um, they might be. There's a sleeper in Region One. Maybe it's the Warbirds. We'll, we'll we'll get a chance to see them next week. From the basketball court now to the hockey rink, Brad. Uh, early on here, the Moorhead Spuds. They've had some success. We're starting to get a little bit more play on the North Dakota side as well to see who's maybe the top of the the state, who's on the more in the middle or bottom half of the state. Uh, any surprises early on here on the hockey side on either side of the river? Well, you know, I, North Dakota. You know, we, we figured it's going to be Red River and Central. I know Grafton's gotten uh, has picked up a pair of wins. They got a win last night. They beat uh, West Fargo as well early on. And, uh, you know, if there's one team in the Metro, at least on the North Dakota side, Davies uh, has gotten off to a decent start. They beat North last night up at the Coliseum. So be be curious to see. I think that, you know, Cheyenne's going to have some growing pains of the first year of the program. I think that's to be expected. West Fargo's kind of trying to figure it out as well. So maybe if it's a Davies or a South Shanley, that might be uh, a team that's uh, – capable of getting into the top four in the uh, in the EDC. In the Minnesota side, good win for Moorhead. Carter Ranclev um, produces again last night over Bemidji. You know, next week for the Spuds is going to be interesting. they got Rozo, a perennial rival on Tuesday. And then East Grand Forks, Green Wave out of uh, Section 8A, which is very good. They're number five in the poll this week. They uh, uh, took care of Totino Grace and a very good St. Cloud Cathedral team over the weekend. But next Thursday, uh, Green Wave and the Spuds play. So that's... Uh, Probably not going to matter to things as far as you know section wise because it's A versus double A, but it's always it's always fun to see how a top team in that bottom class fares with a team you know one of the best you know in in double A like Moorhead. It's all it's always fun to compare and contrast a little bit. Going to back to the North Dakota side, Brad, a team that we haven't talked about, Grafton Park River, in recent years about making the state tournament. Um, it, they used to be a perennial power. That was one of the deals where you'd say Grafton Park River they were in the tournament re- re- regardless. They were at state and it didn't matter what seed. It was kind of like 
like a, a Red River or a Central. Those are almost three teams that you knew that were going to be there year in and year out. Is this a year where maybe Grafton Park River can find that old spoiler stride, so to speak, and try to make it back to the make it back to the state tournament? Yeah, we'll see. It might be early on to see. We'll see how they fare against the Red Rivers and the Centrals if they can hold their own and, you know, even coming down here, do they, do they have enough to come down here and pick off a Davies or a North-South? It might be It might be early on to tell, but I think, you know, just, just to get a couple of wins under their belt, too, and that Park River connection has been, been awfully good. They've gotten a lot of guys, Magnuson and Zvalny, and, and, and names like that have, have really have really helped that program uh to keep going here in recent years. This is Prep Spotlight. A couple more minutes left. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson with you. Then we'll get into ESPN Radio. On the wrestling map, Brad, we've had a lot of duels. I mean, any surprises there as well as we mentioned on the hockey side? Any surprises early on on the wrestling side? Maybe who stood out for you? Well, it's kind of interesting just looking at some notes here. ND Wrestle does a really nice job of kind of doing rankings and really following uh, following things around uh, around the area. Uh, one note here, a very familiar name I know during the football uh, ranks for the last couple of years, Clayton Greenike, mm-hmm. who's also an excellent wrestler, out of Ellendale, Edgley Combe, is not going to wrestle this year. He had so- a shoulder surgery last week, so uh, that's a huge loss. And they said he was one of the standouts in Region 1. But let's kind of look at the Class B rankings. Carter Schmidt, youngster out of Kindred, is ranked number one at 106 pounds. You know, you take a look at some of the other Wrestlers from the East, um, you know, Lisbon's got a handful of guys. Koya Awander of Oaks, ranked number one on 132 pounds. Uh, Garrett Jangula, Napoleon Gackle Streeter at 152. Mark Hastings, football player from Hillsborough Central Valley, an excellent wrestler, a number one at 170 pounds. And uh, just just a handful of guys there. And I know you kind of look at the four regions around. Region one's usually very deep with likes of Lisbon, Napoleon, South Border, when, you know, going back to the days when when, they, when Bosch was dominating things down there. But I think they're still in the mix, and you can't, can't forget about Napoleon as well. But region one always seems to be probably – yeah, very solid and steady out there. And just taking a look at the Class A rankings, Chase, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of domination from the West, at least, and a lot of the top two, three wrestlers in in each class. I mean, it seems like it's a it's a Bismarck or a Legacy or Mandan even a little bit. But there's one name that uh, 160 pounds, Jared Frannick out of mm-hmm. West Fargo. He's got he's got that wrestler's build, but uh, he's number one at 160 pounds there. And I imagine you look at the Packers, Valley City, I know is, is off to a good start uh, dual-wise in Class A. But, yeah, you look at Bismarck, uh, Devin Steidler at 145 pounds, Chase Doctor at 220, Elijah Huff, a heavyweight at Mandan. You know, the balance of power, you know, wrestling-wise, probably is more so in Class A. Uh, out west than it is in the east and that's you know we saw a little bit of balance when West Fargo had their had their good run here a few years ago but like it's kind of just perusing those the west is uh it, at least early on has the has the upper hand in upcoming shows we'll have to get a couple of wrestling coaches on throughout the area and ask about a team that's really good as a dual team yep. or or individuals who are really good just you know in their particular weight class because sometimes it doesn't translate over particularly from the dual side to maybe the weight class. You could have three or four guys who are outstanding, but yep. for whatever reason, it just doesn't finish on the dual side because dual, a little bit more of the team effort there on the wrestling side. Yeah, and it's, it's, I love the dual format because you can get a guy that's maybe a 500 wrestler that can win you a, a big match or two 
and I, I've seen it. I've seen it in the past with North Dakota and Minnesota, where you get a get a key win like that here and there, and that's the difference between a team getting beat in the semis or winning a state title. This is Prep Spotlight. Thanks to Tim Jacobson for joining the program as well. On behalf of Brad Anderson, I'm Chase Miller. Our next high school broadcast again Friday night, and that's going to be West Fargo Cheyenne against Fargo North at Cheyenne. Girls' game will tip off for the doubleheader at 5:45. Boys will follow at around 7:30. Have a great rest of your Wednesday evening. When you're with me, I'll make you believe.